Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another Thursday 30-minute preview, and we've got a good one for you this week. We've got the South Dakota Coyotes traveling to Brookings to face the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. And I've got a couple of guests with me today to help preview that matchup. And I'm going to start off with our South Dakota State writer, Jacob, if you want to introduce yourselves, yourself, and then we'll have Mark introduce himself after that. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, like you said, my name is Jacob Von Bergen. I am uh, obviously writing for the site, uh, for reaching the Summit podcast. And I uh, also you know, have a podcast called The Rabbit Rundown. We release it every Wednesday, kind of reviewing and previewing the upcoming Jack's matchups and kind of what's going on. Usually have some fun interviews. And uh, yeah, that's kind of what I do. And then we got Mark on the South Dakota side. Yeah, uh, Mark went. Um... I'm the USD Coyote writer for Reaching Summit podcast. Um, my only credentials beyond that is being a uh, 15, 16 year uh, season ticket holder for the Yotes. So um, enjoy it. Awesome. So, Jacob, we haven't had a, a chance to preview South Dakota State yet because, frankly, they haven't played in, in, a, in a few weeks. It seems like they're always getting canceled. Um, but also, just haven't been able to preview them on this Thursday. 30 minute preview. So if you wanted to spend some time just getting us up to speed a little bit on where South Dakota state is at, at this point in the season. So, yeah, um, kind of like you said, there's been a lot of cancellations. Uh, two of the four theories so far uh, have been canceled and they drew the short straw of starting the season out with the bye. So that was one more week that kind of, you know, hurt them from playing. So, um, you know, they've beaten Western Illinois and uh, North Dakota. Um, you know, the North Dakota series was pretty comfortable. Uh, with her two wins there, really shot lights out. Um, the team's finally gotten to get into full strength, whether it's through injuries and uh, suspensions. Obviously, you know, something we'll probably hit or talk about a little bit this week. Um, you know, Noah Friedel with the suspension uh, missed the first game against Western Illinois. Um, and we really didn't see him really get going until the second half of the game against Western, the second game. So, um, and then Doug, obviously with the foot injury, missed the Dakota Showcase. So we didn't see that map, didn't see him against USD last time, but, um, you know, Baylor Shireman's been a big addition this year for him, averaging a double-double in Summit League action. Um, I believe he's only a couple double-doubles behind O'Banner, who leads the conference. Um, and he's, you know, played half as many games as O'Banner. So um, they've been getting a lot of good contribution from him. Luke Apple's really starting to um, shine here. You know, he was off to a slow start, uh, transferring in from Kirkwood. But he's starting to get a little bit of action, uh, starting to get his feet wet and playing really well as of the last few games. Um, obviously, Doug Wilson, a uh, great player. Uh, you kind of know what to expect from him every week. Noah Friedel's been playing well when he does get in. Um, David Winget, it's been hot or cold this year, but in games where he gets going early, um, he's one of those guys off the bench. Him and Luke can really light it up off the bench for him. Um, so there's two really big contributors there. And then uh, Alex Arians is kind of the guy that keeps him flowing. Uh, he's kind of the untraditional point guard uh, in the sense that he'll guard really one through four um, at times. He, his fresh, retro freshman year, he was playing mostly the three and four for the Jacks. And then kind of when they were with, left without a point guard, he transitioned to that point guard position last year and um, really stuck well with him. So he's uh, continuing with it this year and it's been going pretty well in the limited action we've seen from them. Yeah. Obviously, um, the, the two non-quote-unquote uh, conference games went uh, against the North Dakota schools. They won those as well before the season. Um, 
than lost to USD. But it's been an interesting season with all the cancellations. Uh, Matt Mims was hurt for a little bit, but he's back into action. You know, we see Charlie Eastley, the Nebraska transfer. Um, the rotation's really coming into shape now. Um, you'll see, like I, I kind of mentioned, Luke Apple and Winget coming off the bench first and second um, in the big man rotation. And then usually you see either Mims or Eastley off the bench is kind of the um, main focus when they do start going to the guards on the bench as well. Uh, Winget kind of plays that 3-4 role off it, and Apple kind of subs in that 4-5. So a lot of versatility. Um, there's a lot of guys that can guard one through four, and it'll be really interesting this week, I think, and we'll get into it later as well, uh, how Doug Wilson kind of affects this matchup because last year this was the game, um, or the second game in Brookings is when he kind of had that foot injury show up and um, missed, obviously, the North Dakota State game after that and the Summit League tournament. So um, haven't seen, and I believe he played most of the game. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how um, – he, USD kind of reacts to him this year and how he uh, can kind of react with them and uh, defend them this season. Well, and Jacob, it seemed like the the last time South Dakota State was out uh, playing that Douglas Wilson seemed healthy, seemed to have his burst back. Is that what you observed as well? Yeah, it's been one of those things that I think has been noted uh, a few different places. Um you don't know week to week what that foot's going to do. It's kind of a pain tolerance thing. But, yeah, against North Dakota, um, looked really healthy. Obviously, uh, one of the games had 23 points. Um, kind of 16 shooting, so pretty efficient. Uh, seemed to get it going and um, really decisive with the ball in that game. You know, he knew where he was going with the ball when he got it. So, um, yeah, he looked like the old Doug Wilson we saw last year, the player of the year. So, it'll be nice to see if. You know, they can string some games together here going down the stretch of uh, how that kind of affects him and how his foot holds up and if he can kind of get back to where he was last year. So, Mark, you've been on one other time previewing South Dakota. Uh, anything we need to know other than they've won every game since then? Uh, on, on anything new with the anybody new step up that, that our listeners should hear about? Anything like yeah. that? Since I was last on, we played uh, – Omaha uh, in Vermillion um, and, and blew them out in, on Friday night and, and was a much more competitive game on Saturday night. Um, but um, they managed to win both games again. And, and you know, the story coming into the year was Stanley Amude, and he's been Stanley Amude um, as predicted. Um, and I think everyone kind of thought that A.J. Putzwhite would be good. I don't know if we knew he was going to be this good. Um, he dropped 37 uh, Saturday night against Omaha, his second 30-point game of the, of the season. And then the question's been floating around who's going to be the third guy, and I think so far the answer has been it's going to be someone different every night. And sure, um, they've, you know, whether it's Tassos Comenteros or Xavier Fuller or Mason Archambault or Cruz Perot Hunt's been playing really well the last couple of games. It's, it's been somebody different stepping up in that who's going to be the third, you know, score-type position. So... Um, yeah, um, people dog them for who they played so far, but, uh, uh, um, they've won every one. So if yeah, we're going to be, gotta, we got to do that. <laughs> yeah, you can't, I mean, you can't, it's a weird scheduling year all the way around. It can't go any farther than South Dakota state to know that. And, and you can't control who you played and they've, they've beat who they've played and there's teams that 
at at least at one point in the season were considered a better team than South Dakota that have lost to teams that they've they've beat. So it's it's getting harder and harder to to not take them seriously as a top two, one, two, three, somewhere in their uh team in the summit league. I agree. I agree. And and before we get into the matchup, I Mark, am I remembering right? Did Tasso's Comateros have a 21-point game where he didn't get a rebound? Boy, that's... I, I was trying I to look it up. It was just such an interesting stat, and now I'm trying to look it up to see I if there was like a game. I feel like that was probably the Western when we talked about, uh, about oh, him. He had, uh, he had one. He had one. Uh, I, I'm yeah, a liar. So... <laughs> yeah, so just one of those interesting stat days. And, and he spends most of his time down low. And in fairness to Tassos, he had nine the next game. So it's not like he can't go grab rebounds. Right, um, right. So I wanted to start out the matchup discussion with that game in Sioux Falls where South Dakota beat uh, South Dakota State. And you could say really kind of started the turn on the season. I, I wasn't feeling really great about South Dakota uh, up until that point. Then they beat South Dakota State, lost to Drake, but Drake is really good. And so I think anybody in the summit league would lose to Drake at this point. They haven't lost anybody. And then they now, now they've won. What is it? Nine to eight in a row, 10 in a row. Where are we at? Uh, at 10 of their last 11. Uh, gotcha. So they, so they, they, uh, and in that game against South Dakota state, Stanley Amude, I think it was 41 points uh, and just dominated. So I wanted to start out with that and I'll start with Jacob what does South Dakota State do to try to minimize Stanley Amude's impact, I guess? I think, I mean, I don't think there's a way to really slow him down. Uh, I don't, you, you're not going to expect a 41-point game out of him again. I think Doug Wilson is going to be a big factor in, you know, slowing him down uh, more than shutting him down than anything. Um, you know, when Doug's out, the four spot is a really weak defensive spot for SDSU. Um, they're pretty undersized there and Stanley kind of found his spot on the block there. And, um, whether it was David guarding him or, um, Alex or really anybody they threw at him at the four spot, uh, he, he was just taller and longer and the shots, I think he made like 10 shots from that left block in a row. It seemed like I was, um, I was, I was lucky enough. I knew somebody to get me a media pass to that event. And, um, you know, I was where he hit a lot of those shots was like right down below us and. You know, every time he got the ball, I'm like, okay, this one's going in, this one's going in. So, you know, I think Doug brings that uh, um, that presence defensively. Something that a lot of people don't talk about is um, him on defense. They look at his offensive numbers um, and really just uh, that's what they they uh, that's all they care about. But defensively, when he's in the game, uh, the Jacks are a much better team. Um, whether it's you know slowing Stanley Amudier down or some of the other teams with a couple of really nice bigs, um, defensively he's really strong down there. So. You know, as long as he stays out of foul trouble, I think they do slow Stanley down. Um, obviously, hold him away from that 41. I don't expect him to get 40, uh, 41 again, but um, I think Stanley's going to get, you know, he's going to get 20-plus points on a good night for him. So, um, it's I think with, with USD, the Jacks have to focus on shutting everyone else down. And, you know, you let Stanley get his, but you have to shut everyone else down. You can't let number two and three beat you. Um, if, you know, you're going to let Stanley get 20 points, you're going to have to keep everyone else under 15 or something like that. And so Mark, on the other side of that same coin, it is South Dakota's approach to try to get Amude the ball in the block again, 
or do you think they'll come out with something completely different than what they showed in Sioux Falls? You know, I've been really impressed with them, especially early in games. They share the ball really, really well. Um, they do. Yep. Um, you know, whether that's, you know, back touch to, you know, some like a Xavier Fuller type or Cruz Pro Hunt. Um, um, but I think USD certainly is better when Stanley Amude is going. And if he's going, USD is going. Um, so I think you got to get him the ball and let him see uh, see what he can do. Now, certainly the the matchup with Douglas Wilson is kind of much, much, much watch TV. Um, it'd be really super interesting. Um, but I think you, you, if you're USD, you at least got to try to get him going and, and see where see where that takes you for sure. So go, we won't go too much into the uh, incident the last time at Sioux Falls, other than to say it's it's probably a good thing for Noah Friedel that these two games are in Brookings and yep. not that not one or the or not completely the other way around or one in in each place. Um, do you guys know how many fans are they allowing at at uh, in Brookings right now? Are they limiting? Um, so I think it's just students and season ticket holders. I yeah, that's most places right now. You know, I I don't think they're they're not selling tickets um, on their website. I haven't ever called into their box office, but I've looked at you know random games to try to go up there. Like the Western game, couldn't buy tickets online for. So I believe it's just season ticket holders. I need to try to sneak my way in with a student ID, or old student ID, or something. <laughs> yeah, I, that's that's most of the the Dakota schools. I was trying to find a way to get to one of the the sites with my son uh, last weekend or the weekend before. I don't know which, but yeah, most are just season ticket holders and students at this point. Um, but fans, so which is good for Mark, but uh, but not for lots of people. The uh, other thing I wanted to talk about. What matchup are you guys looking forward to seeing? And we'll start with you this time, Mark. Just in general, it doesn't have to be the the main matchup, or it, it could be another one that you're just excited to see, or maybe a person you're curious how they're going to defend. What matchup are you most excited to see? Yeah, you know, if I got to set the defensive uh, matchups for each team, I, you know, Douglas Wilson versus Stanley Mude and Noah Friedel versus AJ Klitzway, I think that would be super, super fun. Um do they shut each other down? I don't know. I I think they're just all four of those guys are just way too talented for that to happen. And then assuming that's a wash or close to wash, who who steps up and makes makes the difference down the stretch? I think if USD is going to win either of these games, it's going to be a close game. I certainly don't see USD blowing South Dakota State out at Frost. It's been 20 years. Um, yeah, Monday, Monday, January 3rd, 2000. Not that anybody's keeping track of that. But. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just, uh, again, curious, you know, take those four guys out of it and who's going to step up and make make a difference, uh, especially down the stretch. Okay. Well, and Mark, I feel like I sh- should pop some champagne if there is a win this, this weekend for you. Um, so I don't have any 20-year-old champagne, um, nor do I have any champagne that would be close to $20. So, uh, but, yeah. Uh, Jacob, which matchup are you most excited to see? So obviously, you know, the most exciting one's going to be Stanley and um, Doug Wilson. I think obviously that's going to be everybody's focus is going to be on that one. I think watching what SDSU does with AJ is going to also be very interesting. Um, 
I don't know if they'll throw Baylor at him or uh, Alex. You know, I don't know. I don't think you're going to have Noah chasing him um, off screens and things of that nature. I think, you know, with Noah, you want to keep him um, out of the screen game uh, just offensively so it doesn't wear him out. So it'll be interesting to see how how they react to that. And if um, Alex or Noah gets that assignment for the game. And, um, you know, if and I'm also interested to see what happens when Doug comes out of the game, how they handle handle Stanley. Um, if, you know, if Doug comes out for a four minute break, is does Stanley come out with him? Do you kind of does, you know, do the teams kind of match breaks up or do they try to steal a few minutes when the other's on the bench? You know, both, both those guys will probably play majority of the minutes, especially game one. But, uh, you know, if, if uh, Todd pulls out Stanley for a couple minutes, does uh, Hendo keep, um, keep uh, Doug on the court a little bit longer, see if he can get some there. Um, but yeah, I mean, last year we saw uh, Todd kind of attack Doug with, I believe, Tyler Peterson for four series, and I think Doug scored on all four series. And then they switch right to Stanley. So it'll be interesting to see if they, you know, give it to Stanley right away or if they try to do something similar like they did last year and uh, try to save, you know, keep both players away from each other until, you know, crunch time. Well, and that's the interesting thing with that matchup. They're different styles of players, but they're really almost identical in size. And and so it, it is really, you know, one more perimeter-oriented in general and one more in the block-oriented, but really – Athleticism and size, they are very similar. Mm-hmm. The one mat- the matchup I'm sort of excited to see, and it's kind of a little off the board, is Matt Detlinger against probably Tassos. I, I keep waiting for the the big men to kind of feast on South Dakota a little bit, and it doesn't happen. So I, I think I'm just wrong that that's a thing that will happen. And you kind of forget that Stanley Amude has the ability to guard most Summit League bigs because of his size. But I'm curious if this, if one of those two games becomes a Detlinger, oh, you know, kind of back to last year, Matt Detlinger kind of game. Or even Luke Apple could be a person I could see doing a little bit of that as well. Um, the only uh, players that, that really are a, a little bit bigger down low post players. Uh, one other kind of matchup or player type question for you guys. We all know the Noah Friedels and the Douglas Wilsons or the Stanley Amudes and the AJ Plitzewites. Who is a player on your team that doesn't get talked about enough that could have a huge impact on this series and, and why? Um, and Mark, we'll start with you. Yeah, I think I would go with uh, um, Cruz Pearl Hunt. Um, he's been very quiet stat-wise. Um, for most of the year, but has really come on the last three games and is really finding his uh, his arc shot. Um, and he's also very, very good defensively, and that's kind of why he's, why he's playing. But uh, last two or three games, uh, his arc shot's been starting to fall, and that's been a definite game-changer for him offensively. So I'd go with Cruz. Okay. And Jacob, how about you? So I'm, I'm racking my brain. It's going to, I think it's going to gonna come down to, you know, is Baylor going to step up and be uh, kind of that score we saw early on in the year? Um, or if it's going to be a guy like Alex, you know, Alex led the Jackson scoring game one on that loss. He had 18 points, I, if I remember right. Um, but even with both those guys, it's kind of, a, you know, one of them are running the point at certain times. 
in the in the half court, it's more of Alex kind of running the offense in the you know in the breakaways on offense. It's it's Baylor, but I think you know the player to watch is going to be probably Alex between the two because he runs the point guard most of the time. Um, you know, he's defensively he kind of bounces between um, all the guards on the court. He whoever kind of gets hot is kind of who they put on him because he's a little bit longer. He doesn't play the traditional guard way, so. Um, I think Alex Arians is going to be, you know, one of those really important guys uh, to watch this week. And historically, when SDSU beats USD, there isn't um, – it isn't a huge game from one of the, you know, one or two big players. It's um, a 20 or a 14-point game from like Elaine Severin or something like that where you have a, a third or a fourth guy show up, and that's kind of what separates them. So I think Alex is kind of that guy to watch for to have a, you know, a big impact on the series. Right. Mark, a, a side question that I just kind of thought of as we were talking. One of the reasons I had so much trouble saying, you know what, South Dakota is for real. It, it Last year, I, I think I picked them second or third in the conference, and they just kind of didn't ever meet their potential. And then you get that sour taste in your mouth. And and at least I, because I apparently I'm vindictive or something, um, carry it over to the next season. And and what do you think is the biggest reason for the change this season? Is it defense? Cause it feels like that's the biggest difference or is it something different? Is it just a better, better mix of players or what do you think? You know, that's a really good question. I, and I, I don't think you're alone in that feeling. I think there's a lot of um, uh, coyote fans that kind of feel similar. Like you'll run into people that religiously go to the women's game, but they're like, ah, I don't know if I want to go to the men's game because you know, right. there's, we've gotten our hearts ripped out uh, the semifinal loss at the assembly tournament a few years ago um, immediately comes to mind. In fact, I think Jacob had Michael Orris on his podcast and I saw him tweet that out and I was like, well, I'm not listening to that one. So, <laughs> um, uh, you know, there's been, there's been things like that have, that have happened, you know, in, in recent history and it's, and I think people were a little hesitant to get on board. So what the difference is, I, I think this team is closer than some of the other teams. Maybe um, that's just me uh. observing from afar. Like I, th- I think they, they're really tight knit and get along well. And, um, and I think even coach Lee has made some adjustments. Like this is the first year I've ever seen coach Lee play zone okay. um, ever religious man to man guy. Um, we played, we showed zone two or three times this year. Uh, in fact, both games with Omaha when Tostos got into foul trouble. So, um, it, there's definitely a change. Like I keep going back to that Kansas city series at Kansas city. Uh, those are just games USD loses, um, right. in the past. So something is definitely different this year and, um, whether or not it's different enough to, um, pick up a win or two this weekend, we'll, we'll wait and find out. Well, so speaking of picking up a win or two this weekend, Jacob, we'll start with you. What do you think happens this weekend? So if I was you know, if I was betting money, I'd probably go with a split. But I I can't ever go on record and say USD is going to win a game. Just <laughs> so I'm going to go with a, I'm going to go with an SDSU uh, sweep. But it's not a super confident sweep. It's more of a a pride thing than anything. <laughs> right. Well, it has been 20 years. We I have my champagne or something ready. But uh, Mark, what do you think happens? I wish I was uh, as good a fan as Jacob and, and picked the USD sweep here, but I do have 20 years of history kind of against yeah, me. Right. So um, I'm not going to pick a SDSU sweep. I, I'm going to pick a split. Um, 
and we'll pop the champagne. I think if USD comes out of Brookings with a split, I think they're more than happy with that. You know, leaving Brookings nine and one. And, um, I think that would be a victory for him, really. Um, but I'll, I'll definitely be rooting for the sweep. And, and much more damaging, frankly, the sweep for South Dakota State because of the lack of games. Mm-hmm. In a in a weird year, it, you know, it just is what it is. It's, it's we're gonna have to just deal with it. And kind of, I've multiple of times had to remind myself: you're getting to watch basketball. It's not gonna all work out exactly the way you wish it would. Um, and and so, yeah, it it's it's probably more important for South Dakota State to get the sweep just because a loss to them hurts more because of winning percentage. No, yeah, that's, that's, I was gonna say it's like the a sweep is kind of needed by SDSU this weekend right. because they drop one to USD. It's almost like they're two games back opposed to one. So, right. um, so yeah, I think that's like you said, the, with the lack of games, even though, you know, they were supposed to play Omaha and Denver who haven't won a conference game yet. Um, those are, you know, four games that um, are really going to hurt SDSU down the, the uh, down the stretch. If, if they do lose a game or two. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, and I'm sure South Dakota State fans loved my joke last podcast that South Dakota <laughs> State kept ducking everyone. But uh, yeah, <laughs> was just a joke reacting off of Twitter responses to other teams not making it. But uh, all right. Well, I think that's all we got for today, gentlemen. I appreciate your time and uh, willingness to break down this matchup. And they're both on Mitco Sportsnet. So it's going to be a really great time for Summit League fans to sit down and watch some basketball this weekend. Yeah. yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, you know, I, we should say, uh, you know, if you like basketball, don't tune in at 730, tune in at 5. The women's games are, are going to be outstanding as well. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. In fact, just as, uh, as as many losses on that end. So, yeah, it'll be a great, great uh, couple of games to showcase Summit League basketball. All right. 